song Fantasies by Steve Malkmus and the Jicks means it's time for the inaugural 2012 edition of Fantasy Friday on Fangraphs Audio. Well, I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. And my guest for this inaugural edition of Fantasy Friday on Fangraphs Audio is Mr. Eno Saris, editor of our fantasy wing, Rotographs. In what follows, Eno and I examine a number of topics relevant to the fantasy owner, starting with a review of a number of keeper decisions, including specifically Nelson Cruz. Eno explains why he kept Cruz in one league and dropped him in another. We look at a number of ADPs, where Eno looks at the differences and similarities between Dustin Ackley and Jason Kipnis at second base. And finally, we end this edition of the podcast with a discussion of Fangraphs Plus. Uh, And Eno, uh, even as the editor of Fangraphs Plus, talks about some of the articles from this year's edition of Fangraphs Plus uh, that have actually helped him. Of course, uh, those are merely the bullet points. To reap the full benefits of Eno Saris's expertise, you need to listen to this edition of Fangraphs Audio right now. I've also heard uh, that re- regarding um, Stanford alums in particular, um, that there is a certain type of swing that they are taught. And you might have even written an, a, a piece about this last year, or maybe I've just seen this news of this around. But I know notably um, that Michael Taylor, the outfield prospect, who perhaps is becoming a, a little bit less of a prospect uh, for Oakland, uh, is noted for having great sort of um, physical tools, but a swing that's maybe more of a double swing. Uh, I'm curious, it, it, were you the one who wrote that, or if not, or do you sort of know anything no, about it? I didn't write that, but it's definitely something that I want to uh, explore this year. The Stanford swing is, is kind of uh, an idea that's out there. Um, and there's also this idea that um, they don't, just in general, don't develop hitters that well. Uh, Kenny D. Kroger was uh, their shortstop, and he was, he had a uh, multi-million dollar signing bonus on the table um, coming out of high school here in Menlo Park, and he chose Stanford. Um, and now he's just made a second team baseball, um, uh, second team collegiate All-American by Baseball America. So some people might say he, he messed up. Um, and, you know, people also talk about uh, Mayberry, how his adjustment to the pros, it's very similar to Taylor's, where very physical, but not necessarily um, had a great swing. It's taken him a while to adjust. Um, so I definitely want to look into it. Um, I don't know how I'm going to do that without getting punched in the face. Um, but uh, I will try. Well, even before you uncover. talk, even before you talk, you know, I think that's a concern. Yeah, <laughs> they might just want to punch you in the face. But also, if I ask them, you know. So what's this terrible Stanford swing that they teach you guys here? Do you think that you're – well, maybe hasn't uh, you haven't had time to sort of see it come to fruition, but do you think that um, paying closer attention to the college game um, allows you to reap any benefits in, in fantasy? Uh, it's going to be tough. I think that the, the thing that might help me do, uh, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sitting with the scouts some and, and Stanford is scouted, like no other. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to hopefully learn a little bit more about scouting through this whole process, um, and I think I already have. 
And um, I think that'll benefit me in terms of looking at uh, prospects that are in double A or so. Because, you know, for fantasy, you really, before they hit, they do something in double A, it's, it's, you got to be in a really deep league um, to need to own them, you know. But if I can, if I can learn more about, you know, appraising um, a less than polished hitter, then I can hopefully translate that to, to scouting for my fantasy team. You know, I came across um, three interesting names today. I was looking at the Zips projections for the San Diego Padres. Uh, and they seem to have a number of guys, um, and this would fall under sort of, I guess, the province of, uh, province or provenance, maybe the, perhaps the providence of uh, different reports that scouts um, or departure, uh, a departure a scout might have in analyzing a guy from the way that his numbers uh, represent him. Um, but the Padres have three guys, in particular in, in Vince uh, Belnome and uh, James Darnell, and then to a lesser degree in Jed Giorco, um who actually you know does have some defensive abilities. But but Belnome in particular is a is a strange case. I, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He spent most of or I think all of last season actually at Double A San Antonio for the Padres. Uh, he's I mean as a second baseman, you know he's five ten I think five eleven and then a two hundred ten pounds. So he's got he's ugly esque. Uh, in stature, except maybe not quite as like conspicuously muscular. So, you know, uh, there's maybe a, a Brooks Conrad uh, thing going on, although I don't know. Uh-huh. What. But they do seem to have kind of a glut. Um, and then in addition to those three guys, uh, Jeff Decker, uh, with whom you might be familiar, this is sort of uh-huh. character that that is like a bat, uh, an all bat um, prospect, but maybe with a lack of a defensive home. Which I, you know, that's that's a consideration in fantasy, right? Because, because uh, you, because you, I guess the, the fantasy owner's approach to um, positional eligibility is a little bit different than a baseball team's, because you only need five, ten games. Yeah, especially in a in a one year league. But if you're in a keeper league, you got to act a little bit more like a a team and care about where it's going to end up. No, um, I think that. Yeah. 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 You go ahead. You go ahead. You're going to say something brilliant, I'm sure. Yeah. Here it comes. Um, I uh, the one thing that I that I find interesting about um, the Padres is that they seem to have a lot of guys that might end up at second base. Um, you could throw Logan Forsythe in there um, and Giorco. Uh If you actually if you think about it, second base seems to be kind of where you stick the guy. That is decent enough to be an infielder, but can't really play anywhere in particular and doesn't have the bat for first. Um, I, it, I know that when I played, I played second base, and I think that they were just sort of hiding me there. Uh, but uh, I, if you if you're like a keeper league team and you're trying to identify a second base prospect that hasn't made it to the majors yet, you're going to have a really hard time. Um, <clears throat> people just aren't necessarily second baseman until they get to the major league. So uh, I think that if I ran a keeper league that had, you know, and I, and I have a couple of these where I have prospect slots, I try to kind of take the approach um, that the Padres do, which is just get bats, you know, and because the, the, the glove isn't going to score at all for us, just get bats and hope they 
end up where you want them to end up, and if they don't, you can trade. Yeah, and to that, to, make anyway. to that list, I would add um, to the list of uh, potential second baseman there, uh, Corey Spangenberg, too. Um, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I think he was their first-round draft pick in this most recent draft. Uh, and he also is considered to have a plus bat, And uh, but uh, I'm not sure what the defense is like. But that's another guy who could be playing. I, I think it's pretty safe to say that Orlando Hudson likely won't be playing second base for the Padres next year. Um 2013. 2013. That's what I mean. Oh, yes, right. Oh, of course. Yeah, we're sort of in a in a um, in a limbo period here. But let's talk about that. Let's let's make the transition together. Wait, you have a point, Eno? Well, I just think that he he probably won't be playing all year. I mean, there's rumors that they're already shopping him right now and that they'll give him away. Oh, well, there you are. So it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Um. We are in sort of a transition period. I think that we'd like during the season especially to make um, these Fantasy Fridays um, a recurring um, recurring segment. Uh, whether whether they're going to recur for the rest of February remains to be seen. But I wanted to get one in at least now because a lot of people are preparing for drafts. In fact, uh, Chad Young uh, at Rotographs just today wrote a piece uh, called Auction Season is Underway. I think one of the, actually the fan graphs uh, – Auto New Leagues is, is having its auction this weekend. Um, a lot of other people are probably preparing for drafts. And then, of course, um, in Auto New Leagues, the, the keeper deadline um, passed at the end of January, um, which is also sort of, you know, which is significant in its own right because it, it uh, forces owners to look ahead to the next season. Um, I want to start with that. I'm curious as to, for you or for other people um, that you saw, uh, any any cuts that you saw being made, um, or or keeper decisions, people that were right on the right on the cusp there. Yeah, I think actually a personal story might help here. Um, in, in, I don't know in particular. I had Nelson Cruz in both leagues, um, and uh, one was the Fangraphs staff um, linear weights league, and the other was Fangraphs experts, um, which is a regular five by five. And, uh, they were both around $30 for me. Um, and just, you know, Nelson Cruz is a really interesting guy. He's a little bit older because it took him a while to, uh, to break out. And he just gets injured every year. So it's kind of hard to pay retail for, um, a guy like that, even in a five outfield league. So I think Nelson Cruz, a lot of people were wondering what to do with him this offseason. And, um, I, <laughs> You know, in typical, you know, fashion, I, I, I kept him once and, and I dropped him once. Um, so I, I don't know if I, I made the right choices, but in the linear weights league, I'm, a, I was a little bit worse off on, on a team level and needed to rebuild and just wanted to have as much money going into the auction as possible. And in the experts league, which, um, Nip Shaw, just the creative auditor, just put a bounty on, um, I ended up in fourth place last year and I just wanted really to have production now, um, to try and go for it next year. So um, I think Nelson Cruz is an interesting guy, and I think he represents sort of the oft-injured, um, you know, but still good uh, player. I mean, you know, if you go a little bit deeper, maybe Lance Berkman had a similar um, – people had a similar decision to make there. I guess Alex Rodriguez really um, is in a similar spot. He's starting to kind of – everyone knows he's post-peak now. You know, he's probably not going to steal the same bases. If you're looking at him and like 
in a keep five league, you're like, oh, gosh, he's a third baseman. I could use him. And then you're like, well, do I have to draft another third baseman? I don't know. Do you? Oh. No, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't really want to. You don't so. want to do that. So you, so you, so you split the difference. Uh, and the, the the league in which you were sort of looking more to win now, you decided to keep him. Do Do you think there's any difference, um, Nelson Cruz in a in a five cat league versus uh, versus a linear weights league, or is he sort of someone who grades out similarly in both? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that he's a little bit ahead in five cat leagues. Um, he, you know, his plate discipline isn't amazing or anything. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing that's nice about on you is that you have those five outfield slots. So even if you lose and you have a super deep deck bench, so some of those issues are not as, not as big of a deal because I can put someone on my bench, um, that will, uh, that will, you know, produce while Cruz is on the DL. So. You know, but if you have a if you have a more shallow bench, then you're uh, then you're going to want to have a guy that's going to produce all year. Yeah, I, I sort of noticed that too, especially going in um, when it came time to think about who I was going to cut and who not. It seemed uh, it seemed for me that the best uh, strategy was to keep really the highest level performers. Um, and, you know, I mean, talking about uh, you know fair market value or roughly fair market value. Um, but then cut other guys because it really is with just the, the amount of outfield slots that are available um, and the amount of outfielders who who are being dropped. It seemed um, you could theoretically put together uh, even even in an auction or draft a, a pretty good uh, um, assembly of of outfielders. We're um, really sort of. Um, Running the gamut of, of, of prices, you know, and, and there are some interesting um, outfielders this season anyway, um, who became available in the in the staff league, and who I'm guessing became available in a lot of other leagues too, like uh, like Jason Hayward, for example, or Shin uh, Su Chu, uh, players who have you know some kind of pedigree, or in the case of Chu, the actual you know major league performance, but who are likely not going to be going at full retail, or certainly not to you know at the amount that they went last year. Uh, and we'll and we'll be waiting there. Uh, do, do you have particular comments about either of those guys in particular, Hayward or Chu? Um, I know they're available in our staff league, uh, and my guess is that they were dropped in a, in a lot of leagues. Yeah, um, I they're kind of they're, they're kind of a, they might they might come up with similar results in just really different ways. I feel like um, I uh, I guess I, you would give Chu a couple more stolen bases and Hayward a couple more home runs. Um, but uh Chu's all about that high Babbitt and I actually uh, joked with a member of the Indians front office about it but he didn't uh he didn't tell me anything more about uh about how Chu gets that that nice Babbitt. Um but uh, I definitely I love guys. I you know, just the easy rule of thumb is always, you know, get the guy coming off his worst season over the guy who's coming off his best season. Not necessarily in the same round or anything, but you know, it's just you're gonna you're gonna pay less for for Hayward, you know, and than you would have last year. And I, I see him as a value. Okay. Um, but, and I and I think there are you know there there are always these like I think if, if second base is where you you kind of stick your flawed prospect that you can't your infield prospect that you can't quite put anywhere else, then the outfield is where you stick the guy that really can't do anything, especially in the corners. So. Uh, <laughs> 
you know, I joke that the Mets now have four first basemen in the field. Um, they got Daniel Murphy, Lucas Duda, uh, David Wright, who's, whose defense has really eroded, and uh, Ike Davis, of course. And um, in Ottawa, in you know, I, I've been saying that I like Lucas Duda in all leagues, but in Ottawa in particular, um, I think Lucas Duda is perfect because he's got a little bit of a platoon issue, but so what? You take him out of the lineup on those days, and you've got that deep bench, and you just get some some sort of middling outfielder that you can bring in and, you know, not Aaron Cunningham, but like an Aaron Cunningham type for your team that's uh, just uh, just going to be okay and bring him in for that day and then back to Duda, you know? Are there any players you can think of uh, along those lines who, now, of course, uh, you know, um, Lucas Duda actually does play the outfield for the Mets and David Wright actually does play third base. Are there any players that come to mind, though, um, especially as we enter the, the 2012 season, who have maybe earned position eligibility uh, at a position that they really have no business playing and probably won't be in 2012, but maybe that's on the you know the um, uh, further towards the, the 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 good side of the defensive spectrum. Yeah, man. Last year, uh, Jesus, Jesus Guzman on the Padres was a shortstop in a lot of leagues. No, wait. Explain explain yeah. yourself. How did this happen? I had no idea. I think it was ESPN. Um, had him as a shortstop. I don't even know how he when he played shortstop. Must have played in the minors or something. Uh, but they, they had him as a shortstop. I had all sorts of questions about that. Uh, you know, there there are so many differences from from league to league. Um, I don't really I don't really have a, a good answer for you off the top of my head. Um, but uh, I'm sure the Rotograph team will will point out some good ones. Before yeah, the, uh, I know that those sort of article. I actually, um, I was cursing uh, Ben DeRonio uh, silently and then and, and then not as silently um, yesterday mm-hmm. for his piece on um, on relief pitchers with starting pitching eligibility. Yeah. Um, I mean, depending on on how you arrange your your starting staff, but in particular, if you have maybe some weaker, you know, it, it doesn't have a lot of depth. A nice way to sort of augment. The productivity there is is to throw a starter or a reliever or two into the mix um, to get the sort of the advantage of the um, you know the just the, the natural advantage that relievers have over starters because they're not exposed typically to opposite-handed batters and they could typically work with uh, better velocity. I think typically, if I'm not mistaken, they have about a um, on average, ERAs that are about a run lower. Uh, so you can you can sort of parlay that into um, again if you have a, a weaker staff, you can parlay that into into that. Um, but but yeah, I, I I get frustrated sometimes when I see the the articles that the Rotographs guys write um, because they are uh, while it, it's probably good work on one hand, it's also uh, I feel like eroding any advantage I might have. <laughs> yeah, everyone blowing it up. You know, everyone everyone's looking for those. Yeah, I mean, I think that the uh, the the rule of thumb, thumb on those in particular, and I love doing those. I have one league where uh, it's saves and holds, and I actually only use relievers for for the reliever spots for saves and get all my holds uh, from starting pitcher eligible guys. Um, and uh, that's another way you can get an advantage out of that. But um, I think that's actually one of those things where we can write a couple articles about it and try to help people um, spot some guys, but it's really going to shake down in spring training. Um, And that's going to be something we'll just have to keep updating because uh, I think the number one thing is uh, the young pitcher 
um, who's a, who's a starter in the minors, um, who might not, uh, make the team as a, uh, as a starter. Um, I think that's really where you get a lot of, uh, and then, you know, just guys where there's too many guys in the rotation, just watch New York, um, to some extent, uh, the Cardinals, the Braves are going to be in line for this. Um, well, yeah, I saw, of, I, I've seen, uh, talk that it's, it's a possibility that, um, Julio Tehran or Randall Delgado, um, both uh, highly ranked pitching prospects in the Brave system, um, and def- both definitely starters in the minor leagues could end up there. And and then I don't necessarily know uh, what Mike Miner's role is going to be, but he's definitely had success um, at all levels. Uh, what, what, what do you see? What's the sort of status of that situation right now? I put uh, this guy Ano in the pen, and he's got a real nice uh, fastball curveball combination. Uh, if he still has starting pitcher eligibility in your league, that's a really nice one. Um, I'm not sure about Delgado's stuff. I mean, it'll, it'll play up in the pen like everybody does. Um, but uh, to me, he seems like a sort of, I don't want to put a label on him too early, but he seems like a backhand guy for me. Um, and I don't know, that might just mean that the Braves want to stick him at number five, and that's fine. Tehran, I just, he's still got the upside of the front of the, front of the rotation starter. I bet you he ends up in the minor leagues um, honing his craft. Uh, I don't think they want him to turn him into a reliever just yet. Um, but the big deal is they got to trade um, Jer- Jurgens. Jer- Jared Jurgens. We'll call him Jared Jurgens Jer- for the moment. That was Zaire. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, maybe it is. Uh, yeah, The uh, I have a horrible case of uh, honky mouth. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with that. <laughs> I can anglicize. I have that all the time. Just I, ask Cameron. <laughs> I'm capable of uh, anglicizing any any name, no matter how exotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's 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 rotten, but it's a fact. Yeah, yeah. It, it's actually it's it's um sort of it's aggravated aggravated by the fact that um if if you consume a lot of your you know, for one who consumes a lot of his baseball analysis on the internet, yeah. you know, um, there's no, you know, no, there, I, I, you know, there are probably pronunciation guides, but if, you know, if, if I had to look up every name, I couldn't, I can't actually pronounce accurately. Um, I, I still don't Using pronounce the phonetic symbols. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's not going to, it's, it's not going to happen, but, um, uh, my, you know, well, my, my sincerest apologies to <laughs> Zaire and his whole family. Right. <laughs> For me too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think you know the, the change is coming, and, and they were shopping him. Um. So they they know it. I guess they were asking too much. But um, if he maybe if he starts well, they can they can get what they want for him. Um. But yeah, the Braves are going to be mine. I think even the, um, you know, I think Phil Hughes, that, that was a great call by Duranio. Um, I think Phil Hughes might be once again a great, um, starting pitcher eligible reliever. Now, like we said, there, there are going to be a lot of people who are starting their drafts, um, in auctions, you know, as soon as today, uh, going into those. Have you seen any, any peculiarities, any, anything strange for you in terms of, uh, ADPs. I know um, we've been doing some work with Mock Draft Central, or lo- at least looking at it. And then also, I believe there was a sort of uh, there were some reader mock drafts. Uh, I'm curious if if, the, if you've seen any 
conclusions come from that that uh, that have surprised you or, or that might be exploitable? The biggest one, um, and we I think we've written about it like three or four times on our so it may not be a surprise. I'll try to come up with another one in the meantime. But uh, Dustin Ackley and Jason Kibnis, I I don't see I don't see why there should be like five to ten rounds separating them or you know lots of dollars separating them. But Ackley is the favored the favored one, and Kibnis is going way later. So I. I'm I'm on the Kipnis bandwagon. I'd rather I'd rather have Kipnis later than Ackley. I'd rather pay less and get about the same. Um, Do you think that's a situation where if someone's in a draft, for example, uh, and and Ackley goes, they can they can say, well, uh, uh, I probably have like a an like how many rounds of buffer do you think they have between the time when Ackley's taken and the time when they could you know reasonably expect to take Kipnis without much competition? Well, I was in an experts league. Um, for uh, Fantasy Baseball 365, um, and it was one of the better drafts I've been in. Um, Derek Carty from The Enemy was there. Um, Razball and KFFL were there. Uh, Yahoo had a representative, and uh, Hardwell Times was all over it. And it was um, in that one, uh, Kipnis went only two rounds after Ackley, and that's the closest um, I've seen it to. So I would say you could say two rounds. So two rounds. I doubt anyone. Two rounds safely. Yeah, at least. Yeah. I know that this is so, the, the great anxiety for me in, um, you know, sort of um, in, in drafts in particular. And I think that this year I'm, I'm only in. Uh, well, no, I suppose I'm in one auction league and in, in, in one draft league. Um, but one, you know, whether it's snake style or not. This is the great anxiety of the, of the draft um, because you think, oh, I have this uh, deal. So, for example, um, if you know, were I participating in a draft and I saw Ackley was taken, you know, you make a mental note and say, oh, I have two rounds or I have five rounds. You know, uh, this this is the difficulty though. Is I say, well, he would still be be a value five rounds from now, um, but. You know, maybe I should split the difference because I don't want him taken because he'd also be a value just after two rounds. Do you have any uh, suggestions for, for having to deal with that, or is it, or is it just, uh, does it depend? Does it, is it uh, depend on draft, whichever draft I'm in, and the people with whom I'm participating? I think that's actually the art, um, the art to to fantasy as opposed to the science. The fantasy is, you know, you do your projections. You uh, get your value calculator out, and you do your rankings, and you try to really nail down where you should prefer a guy, and, and that sort of deal. But I think the art is sort of sussing out the the competition. And you know, in this league where um, you know everyone is was well aware of <clears throat> most of the trends and most of the news and and everything, then. That's probably why Kipnis won only two rounds later. I've, I've seen other mocks where there's ten rounds of separation. So if you are in this, you know, league with a bunch of sharks, and you know they've read all about Kipnis, and you see Ackley go, then then you wait one or two rounds. If you're in a league, a family and friends league, and you know, and someone takes Ackley, you might say, uh, you know, I probably have a little bit more than uh, closer to five rounds. And you know, there's the, the agony in the the agony and the the ecstasy of, of drafting is 
taking that guy right before the other guy wanted him and, and saying, oh, I was going to take Kipnis next. And, you know, and oh, and the agony is, of course, the guy right before you taking him. So that's why I think I love, I keep coming back to it. That's why I love uh, drafting. And, I'll, and I'm going to keep doing snake drafts. I know that auction drafts have their, their place and they are really exciting in their own way. And it's really kind of cool to put a, to put a value on a player and, and, and deal with that value. But, uh, I like snake drafts too. Um, you know, it may not be the fairest thing in the world. There's weird things that happen at the turn and, you know, tiers make, make certain draft positions more valuable than others. I like, um, the 12th pick in a 12 team draft a lot this year. Um, I've been doing a lot of Hanley and Pedroia at the turn. Some people were giving me crap for it, but I think that's amazing. I would love to have Hanley and Pedroia in my middle infield. Um, so, you know, there's, uh, Snake is the old way, I guess, quote unquote. Um, and auctions are a little bit more the future, quote unquote, but I, I like both and I'm going to keep playing both. Yeah, that, that's, uh, Hanley Ramirez is a, is a real interesting case for this year because, uh, of course, um, He's expected to play, you know, he's expected to be the starting third baseman for the Marlins, um, but he's definitely going to still have shortstop eligibility. I know that in our auction league last year for linear weights, he went for, I believe, $60, uh, which didn't seem uh, stupid at all at the time. I mean, you know, perhaps it's a bit of a reach, but it's the sort of, you know, he was getting sort of a bump for being a premium talent. Uh, he was cut. And he's there, and he's going to be available as a shortstop to anyone who's willing to pay for him. But as you note, um, you know his value has dropped somewhat since last year. But it, I guess it's a question, right, of of whether his uh, deflated production last year was a result of injury or if it's a sort of degradation of skill. Do you, I mean, do you have any insight into that, or do you have a, an opinion? Yeah, anything's both. Um, I'm not I'm not projecting him for 30 home runs. Um, again, uh, there's definitely a sort of declining ground balls, um, a pull power situation that's going on with him. Um, and the power's, power's in decline. He, maybe he's one of these early peaker guys, uh, because he, he, he started, you know, he debuted so early. Um, <clears throat> at the same time, you know, the speed's still there. Uh, he can still hit 20 with, with average power. Uh, and so if I, I see a guy that has, Sort of a David Wright at um, shortstop kind of floor, um, and you know shortstop is going to be really terrible this year. So um, I think that there was both things going on. I think that being healthy will bring him back. Um, I'm a little bit worried about this fact, this newest report that he won't. You know, he's not into the switching to third base. But you know, I think talent wills out in the end, even if the attitude is a problem. Um, I think that Kemp was a great example of that last year. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm a talent guy. I, I think if I see talent, I'll ignore the, the uh, possible head case situation. Um, and uh, I, I think he'll have a, I think he'll have a good year. Uh, before we go, I would uh, regret not mentioning, you know, uh, Fangraphs Plus. Uh, first of all, um, complimenting you on the job you did in uh, putting that together and in particular editing it, uh, which I know is not a great pleasure. Um, <laughs> ed- 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 well, no, 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 I um, just having to read closely uh, that that amount of words isn't. No, oh, it, is, it was very difficult. Uh, 1,100 player caps, uh, my eyes crossed over so many times. I had to edit them twice, uh, three times, and. 
I know that there's errors out there, and I and I, you know, been trying to update them, and it's it's uh it's so maddening because it's so so out there, so obvious. They're just like, yeah, that that was my fault, and it is there that there is an error there, and thank you for pointing it out, you know. Um, but um, I think that it was a great it was a great um great book this year, and I think some of the research, in particular, the articles um, are pretty amazing, um, and I. I kind of want to just tell them to people, but I guess we'll have to wait till the season starts to kind of use them in our analysis. Because uh, what in particular, of, even for you, did you, do you think that sort of surprised you in terms of how how it might help you this year, or, or sort of uh, the ground it was it was breaking? Um, I think uh, Michael Barr's article um, about swing strike rate and uh, and strikeout rate. You know, we've we've had a lot of people. Um, Claimed that uh, swing strike rate was overrated, um, and wonder why the Rotograss team was so obsessed with swing strike rate. Um, and I think that I don't want to, you know, give away too much, but his research in there was was uh, pretty nice, and it, it creates an equation that you can use to kind of predict um, strikeout rate for this year, uh, which I can't, I can't. I mean, that's amazing because I, I, I'm always just looking for strikeouts uh, for my starters, and I mean for my pitchers in general. So. Um, <clears throat> to have an equation that I can just stick in there and get an expected strikeout rate. That's amazing. Um, you know, and, and also, uh, Zimmerman went through and, and, and looked how injuries affect projections. Um, and especially playing through an injury because, you know, that's something where, you know, we as human beings can say, oh yeah, that guy was, that guy had that, you know, handmade injury or that guy had that bum knee all year. Um, and now he's supposedly fixed it or whatever. Uh, the projection is just going to see, oh, he had a bad year. I'm going to factor that in, weight it, and, and spit out a number. So there is an advantage to be gained by sort of identifying injured players. So Zimmerman's piece is really nice. And all of them, you know, there was a Gola Blah Blah had a piece about, um, about, uh, how, Tribe versus Harper, which, you know, was a very uh, was a very hot topic, and everyone seems to have an opinion on one side or the other. And um, so it was really nice to get all of the different prospect hounds out there to to weigh in on it. So I think the article's really great. The, the player caps are very useful for sort of you know you're in the draft and you just want like a quick opinion. Um, I've definitely used those, and they they also point to certain you know issues, and you can kind of decide. Oh, I think that's a big issue, or it's not an issue. So very very useful, I think. Yeah, right, and available for four ninety nine at Fangraphs dot com. Yeah, 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 and I think that I think it's cool that it like it keeps going. I mean, you know, we we always we turn out uh, you know one or two articles a week for ESPN on Insider, and and those are going to show up. Um, you know, you don't have to pay for Insider, then you can just get the Fangraphs stuff from it. Um, so there's, and I think we'll we're going to brainstorm and. And, and just keep trying to beef that up and, and, and work on Fangraphs Plus. I think it's a, a kind of a cool idea. Well, cool, man. Uh, like I said, uh, we should definitely make this a recurring um, weekly spot. Um, I don't know if it'll that'll start next week necessarily because this is uh, maybe a, a little premature, but uh, I look forward to it. I look forward to talking about fantasy uh, with you and your um, your your Rotographs team uh, during the course of the season. If we if, if we can be anything, let's be premature. 
It's like a rallying cry. Uh, that's not, uh, yeah, that's not how I meant it, of course. Uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Thanks uh, thanks for having me on today. I always enjoy talking to you. All right. That's Eno Saris. I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio.